This is Anne coming to you live from the second story with her short and sweet parenting tips. Welcome to short and sweet parenting tips number 23. I love the change of seasons, but with the cooler weather, my appetite always seems to creep up. In fact, some days I feel downright ravenous. Speaking of eating, today we'll discuss some disadvantages to using food as a reward or punishment. This doesn't only apply to our kids, though. Alright, let's start by doing this. Everyone raise your hand if you think you have a healthy relationship with food. Anyone? How about in the back? Does someone out there have a good balance with food? No? Well, I'm sure not raising my hand either. (laughs) I think it's just our human condition, exacerbated by our culture, that causes us to view food emotionally or conflicted or even with a measure of guilt. A wide variety of inputs contribute to this skewed relationship with food, many of which develop during childhood. Michelle May, MD and author of Eat What You Love, Love What You Eat, talks about emotional ties to food developed during childhood. She says, often with children, food is used to comfort. Think of doctors and barbers giving out lollipops. So kids start using food as a self-soothing technique. (laughs) Try saying that three times fast. They also may self-regulate complex emotions by using food. I'll post a link to the article with this information on the Short and Sweet Tips Facebook page. The article also discusses how celebrations are most often centered around food. As a kid, it's birthday parties, good report cards, or winning that soccer game. But as adults, it's promotions, anniversaries, holidays. Not just one holiday party though, right? Maybe one every weekend in December, (laughs) non-COVID. Plus all the little extras like cookie exchanges and coworker gifts. So even us adults have a complicated relationship with food. One significant factor that can distort a person's view of eating is if food was used as a punishment or reward when they were kids. That's the part we're going to focus on today. Rewarding with food and treats can plant the seeds of emotional eating, creating the mentality we carry into adulthood of rewarding ourselves, usually with unhealthy food. Maybe we've accomplished something, done an epic workout, or even had a particularly stressful day. We tell ourselves that we deserve it. In a widely published article called Why You Should Stop Using Food to Reward or Punish Your Kids, Boston University dietitian and nutritionist Stephanie Meyer says, rewarding and comforting kids with food can lead to overeating when they aren't hungry. It also increases the chances they will try to deal with their emotions through what they eat. End quote. By the way, I'll post this article on the Facebook page too. Another way food is used to motivate children is to coax them out of a foul mood or away from an undesirable behavior. I don't know about you, but I don't picture bringing your kid out of a bad temper with a plate of broccoli. (laughs) Am I right? Parents usually use a treat to improve their kid's mood or discourage bad behavior. But this is another step toward an unhealthy emotional connection with food. It can train your kid to equate a treat or junk food with brightening their mood or solving problems. To put it in mathematical terms, it teaches them that a treat equals happiness. Now for the flip side of the coin, let's look at withholding food as a punishment. Taking away treats for a certain amount of time is a popular consequence for negative behavior. And hey, it works too. (laughs) 
But what seems like such an easy and effective punishment can actually compound a skewed relationship with food because it reinforces that treats are related to good behavior. This can indirectly lead to eating to cheer themselves up if they're feeling inadequate, depressed, or down on themselves. Stephanie Meyer shares that she spends much of her time helping clients break these unhealthy cycles by showing them how to stop using tactics like bribery, judgment, and shame involving food and drinks. How about the age-old going to bed without supper consequence? Just for clarification, I'm not talking about a scenario where your child doesn't like what you've cooked and refuses to eat. That's an entirely different episode. Withholding a meal as punishment is discouraged, but not because it's a matter of health or survival. It actually may have longer-term consequences than you realize because it ties into a deep-seated security issue in your kid's brain. Anyone out there remember Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs Pyramid? Maybe from college or psych class? Food is the most basic primal need, along with shelter and warmth. And when we don't give that to our kids, it can affect them developmentally in the short term. And long-term, it can create anxiety about basic necessities not being met and can potentially lead to compulsiveness. In an article about Maslow's hierarchy as it relates to children, I discovered that having their minimum physiological needs met allows your child to learn, behave, and listen. So we don't want to short-circuit our kids' development by denying them their basic needs. Consequences should be there to help our kids learn and behave even though we as parents sometimes lose track of that purpose when doling out consequences. So I'll post that Maslow's Hierarchy article on the Facebook page too. So let's take a step back here and consider, do any of you have a tendency toward one of these food-related hang-ups like emotionally driven eating, stress binging, rewarding yourself with food, or just plain guilt? Hey, anyone have more than one of these? I know you can't see me, but I'm raising both my hands here. As a fellow parent, I realize it is incredibly difficult not to use food to motivate our kids, especially as a reward. Our family walks a very fine line with this because we have incorporated treats in an incentive chart. If you're new to incentive charts, let me explain a little bit more. Our kids earn points for completing certain activities like chores, schoolwork, and general good behavior. They save the points to spend toward rewards. So they could spend their points quickly on little things or save them up. We made a big effort to avoid food itself being one of the rewards and instead offered fun activities, outings with parents, or something specific bought at a store, depending on the interest of the individual child, of course. I actually found our old chart from when we lived in Germany, so I'll post a picture of that on Facebook just to give you an idea. It's a homework completion chart with a list of what they could spend their points on, with each reward costing anywhere from 2 to 12 points. Now that I'm looking at the chart, I noticed that my youngest daughter added a column for me to earn good behavior rewards. Hey, wait a sec. I never got a reward. You never earned enough points, Mom. No fair. Life isn't fair. Man. As I was saying, it was a challenge to not use treats as a reward. We got around this by allowing the kids to earn an outing, which might include a treat. On the homework chart that I'll post, for two points, we would walk into our little German town with our kids to get a scoop of gelato. The focus was on spending time together, being outdoors, exercise. The treat was just the cherry on top. No pun intended there. 
We also believe that awarding points for the desired behavior diluted the brain's perception that food was the reward. This is just one way to incorporate treats without using them as an immediate incentive, motivator, or worse of all, a flat-out bribe. Hey, I've been guilty of all of those. Desperate times call for desperate measures and all. But my husband and I try not to habitually reward with food. In Stephanie Meyer's article, she provides additional ideas on how to motivate kids without food and includes four steps to break the habit of using treats as a reward or punishment. So check that out. We humans in the 21st century already have enough problems with food. Between blood sugar issues, the addictiveness of many foods, manipulative advertising, and other guilt and compulsions related to eating. Hopefully you can use some of the information in this episode to avoid piling on another layer of emotional and security related issues linked to food in you and your kids. At least it might give you something to think about. Notice I did not say food for thought. Well, now I just did. Hey, if you enjoy this podcast and haven't left a review yet, I would love for you to get on iTunes or another podcast player and write a review. That's it for this week's short and sweet parenting tip. This was your fresh idea in a bite-sized portion. Wait, is that a food pun? Ugh, I just realized I can't stand food puns. <laughs>